Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are here with me today. We've got another great show for you. And yes, we are once again live streaming on Facebook. Um, I've turned the phone sideways. It didn't quite uh, hold up too well when I did it up and down. So if it looks a little funny, you may have to just turn your phone. But if you want to see the live stream, I'm getting ahead of myself, um, just go to our Facebook fan page, which is at facebook.com slash talking alternative. And if you have not yet done so, please like our Facebook page. We're working towards those 500 likes. And uh, the sooner we get there, the, uh, you know, the better it looks all around. So I hope you guys uh, are going to enjoy today's show. I've got a wonderful guest, um, um, some special announcements. Of course, we'll start off with our quotes of the day, as usual. I know you've been waiting all week since last week, knowing, wondering, what's the universe and Abraham have in store for us today? So let's see. First, from the universe. Can you imagine the joy, the peace, the complete sense of satisfaction? The harmony, the love, and stitches of laughter? Can you imagine the interest income? Good, because nothing else shapes mountains, people, and bank accounts quite like imagination. Go! The universe. Ah, we love our quotes from Mike Dooley in the universe. Um, reminding us of one of our most, most important tools that we have access to us at all times, which is our imagination. Imagination is so important. It's literally what shapes and creates our life around us. Now, it may not do it instantaneously. It may not do it in 30 seconds, but it's our imagination. It's our thoughts, it's, it's our dreams that create our life. And if you haven't been dreaming that much lately, well, now is a great time to start. It's springtime, things, at least here in the Northern Hemisphere, it's springtime. Uh, it's a great time, things are starting to bloom and grow. Start using your imagination. Imagine the life you want to have. Imagine what it would be like. Imagine how much joy and fun and pleasure you want to have in your life. Imagine the great people you want to have in your life. Imagine the experiences. Imagine the beauty, the nature. Imagine the, the concerts. Imagine all kinds of things. And that will help to lay the foundation work of what will come to you. So, a wonderful quote from the universe all about imagination. Let's see what Abraham has for us today. Let's see, Abraham, when you want something that you believe, it feels good. But when you have a desire that you doubt, then that desire does not feel good because the vibrational content of your desire and the vibrational content of your belief does not match. Negative emotion is simply present when you are thinking in opposition to your own desire, Abraham. Huh, now that's a really interesting quote. It makes a nice balance to uh, the quote from the universe, right? Our imagination is what uh, creates our world around us. But when we don't believe in our imagination, then we don't feel good. 
You know, this is such an important point. We have a tendency to to think that, oh, you know, uh, 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 you know, well, I must must want it. So, you know, it has to feel good. But if you want it and you're not believing in it and not believing it's possible and not believing that it will manifest in your life, then you're creating internal resistance. And that internal resistance, all it does is just keep that very same thing you desire away from you. It keeps it in the future. It keeps it from manifesting. And then what happens? Well, we know we're resisting it. We know we're not really allowing it to come into our life. So then we start feeling bad. We start saying, oh, it's never going to happen. Oh, who am I to want this? Oh, who am I to want that? Oh, see this other person? They got all their stuff. How come I don't get my stuff? How come things don't work out for me? And really what that is, is just a sign that you're in resistance to your own desires. And when you're in resistance to your own desires, it's just naturally not going to feel good. So when you know you want something really badly, when you know it's in your heart of hearts, you just know this is what you want and you don't feel good about it, take a look. Take a look at your beliefs. Take a look at those self-regulating patterns that run around inside your brain that said, oh yeah, I want this, but I'm, I, I don't deserve it, or I'm not good enough, or I can't have it. And, and, and look for those things, and let's start to unravel and unweave those patterns, because as we unweave those patterns, and we believe and allow and really feel good about what our imagination is creating for us, then, then we've got the golden keys. Then life is just a wonderful place to be and we will live amazingly fulfilled, happy lives of contribution. So two wonderful quotes of the day from Abraham and from the universe. I hope you enjoy them. And... Um, Oh, and, and I do want to introduce my guest, but I forgot I, I, my, my special announcement. I announced it last week, um, so some of you have heard. Um, but yes, me, your conscious consultant, I will be giving a TED Talk at the end of this month, April 26th, at TEDx Upper West Side. And that is the website to get tickets, TEDxUpperWestSide.com. Um, it'll be a full-day conference with several speakers, some artists, performers. Um, it's going to be an amazing, amazing day, and I am going to be there doing my very, very first TED Talk. I'm excited, thrilled, and terrified all at the same time. So if you want to come out and see your Conscious Consultant live, I, I hope you will um, come out and join us on April 26th. So tickets available, TEDxUpperWestSide.com. And if you get your tickets before April 20th, there's a 25% discount. So go grab those tickets quickly. It is now my pleasure to introduce to you Frank Harrison. 
Yeah, great, Sam. It's a pleasure being here. Yeah. So Frank <laughs> is a seasoned executive experienced in multi-million dollar corporations spanning from financial services to the entertainment industry and the new media industries. After three years in the financial services sector, Frank transitioned to Sony Music Entertainment. I used to know somebody who worked there, where he augmented his previous experience with distribution, strategic marketing, direct marketing, and international artist development responsibilities. Equipped with this broad set uh, skill sets and experience, Frank recently has launched a debit card venture called MedCash. Frank is dedicated to finding solutions for dealing with the healthcare challenges we all face, including the physical, emotional, social, and financial impacts. He uses his own experience with epilepsy to help dissolve myths and misconceptions about what it's like to live with a serious illness. And, and Frank, to me, he's like one of these examples of how, regardless of what challenges we may face, that um, you can still thrive, you can still um, have a very full life. So welcome to the show, Frank. Thank you, Sam. I have to tell you, those quotes on imagination are pretty much what has fueled my life from all the various career paths I've taken. I mean, essentially, you find yourself in a position with epilepsy that pretty much just makes you feel like you have to use your imagination to figure the right direction to take under any kind of adversity career adversity, health adversity, whatever other kinds of things that I know as an epileptic I've had to face. So as a result, those quotes of imagination just resonated with me. So yeah. thanks for that in advance. You're quite welcome. You're quite welcome. I had a feeling you'd, you'd probably uh, uh, appreciate those. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Frank, let, let's uh, give our audience a little bit of a, a background. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're a real entrepreneur, but you didn't necessarily start that way. No. And you also started life, I think, with a, a bit of a challenge most people would consider. Yes, I did. Uh, I was when I went to a very top high school in New York called Brooklyn Technical High School. Ah, I was see, fun. I went to Bronx Science. So. All right. So we're, we're, we're sporting rivals, but yes, in a good way. absolutely. You know? um, at Brooklyn Technical High School, I was very much into mathematics and into science and computer science. And I was following the path that pretty much had been set out go to high school, go to college, get that job, and just go straight into where, quote-unquote, the money is. However, during a class at Brooklyn Technical High School, I experienced my first seizure. Oh, wow. So you were already a teenager the first time. Yes, yes. There's something called puberty-onset epilepsy. And for people Uh, who have genetic inherited, which is my case, mm -hmm. it just happens. You know, puberty is going to be the trigger. But at that time, you know, it was the 80s. Epilepsy was still not fully understood, not even within the medical profession. So everyone thought that I was just having sleep deprivation. And as a result, Uh, falling on the floor and having a seizure because I hadn't had sleep the night before an exam. You know, so (laughs) it was it was pretty much, I would have to say, the beginning of a new understanding of my life and what I was about to be facing. However, Mm. it started at that point. And even though I would have intermittent seizures over a period of one or two years later, mm-hmm. I was not taking medication. So I continued to believe, even when the diagnosis came in, that I did not have epilepsy. Ah. So you could say that is a challenge because yes. what you have to do is understand and accept what you've got. And at the same time, with limited education and understanding from, as I said, the medical profession or even the people around you, all you can do is guess. Yes. yes. You know, so uh, I guess unto that self, the challenge was... 
imagine to be a new direction for myself to really explore how I can continue to pursue my career path while making the necessary changes to do it with the best quality of life possible. Sure. Now, now you, um, at first you said you were kind of in denial, right? Yes. So what happened? How did you feel once, you know, the reality of it set in and you really were like, oh, I have epilepsy? Well, the first time I was diagnosed was the day that that incident happened. And I looked at the woman who was mm-hmm. the doctor at that point in the emergency room. And she said, you have epilepsy. And I said, no, I don't. Right. <laughs> I said, I didn't get sleep the night before. And now I missed my exam. And I, you know, it, was, <laughs> it was a calculus exam. And I was great at calculus Ooh. at that time. You know, so um, even though I continued to deny it and they wanted to keep me in the hospital, what did I do? I went to class the next day. Right. You know, and I was using the same excuse to all the people. So what happened to you? Oh, I had an exhaustive attack. Those are my words. You know, and uh, I believed that pretty much for the next year or two until I had another attack. Oh, really? It took like two years for you to like say, have another attack and go, oops, there might be something to this. Well, yeah, essentially because of the fact that I was still very much involved in a very high focused math science concentration, right? you know, and the pressures of also preparing for college and taking the SATs and everything. I was just continuing to lose sleep, sleep deprivation, Mm. three hours per night, sometimes even all nighters. So I just thought, again, I'm just having these attacks because I'm not taking my rest. I'm not, you know, I'm under heavy stress and that's what it is. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I think I have to admit that the, the time I finally understood is when I almost drowned in my own bathtub. Really? Yeah, this is something I really didn't, I wasn't sure if I would express, and I'm not going to go into too much detail, but it was totally an episode that was occurring, and Mm. I actually knew it was occurring, and I said, I can control this, I can control this. Well, I controlled it three, you know, a few inches underwater. You know, it, it pretty much took the help of my parents to pretty much get me out of there and take me to the hospital, you know, water in the lungs, you call it. And that's when the the, the doctor uh, said, you have epilepsy. And then you, you know, started to take him seriously. I was like, uh, yeah, it's either accepting that or accepting I could have been gone that Drowned, night. yeah. You know, wow. but it, essentially after having, you know, a lot of extensive tests in the hospital, including EEGs, including, um, you know, they wanted to do a spinal tap, but I wouldn't mm. allow that. Yet there was a lot of testing to the point where, yeah, you have epilepsy, and they called it grand mal generalized disorder. Ah, okay. All right, wonderful. Okay, listen, let, mm-hmm. let's leave it there. Let's take a quick break, mm-hmm. uh, and when we come back, we'll continue on this story of uh, <laughs> learning <laughs> that you have a, a serious uh, uh, a challenge in life and, and how you dealt with it. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. My guest this hour is Frank Harrison, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And And welcome welcome to to 21st Century Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun. For you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business. And your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21stCE Radio or Talk Alternative. 
Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're talking this hour with Frank Harrison, an entrepreneur who has uh, an interesting challenge compared to many of us. Uh, Frank has, and uh, what's the official diagnosis? Generalized grand mal seizure disorder, or epilepsy as it's known today. Ah, okay. So now we discussed a little bit in the last segment kind of how in high school it initially came on. You, you kind of in denial for the first couple of years, mm-hmm. had a very severe incident in the bathtub, mm-hmm. and then kind of it, it, it dawned on you, oh, like, this is real. They're not joking. How did you feel after that? Shocked, stunned, in denial still, but I guess when they kept me in the hospital for two or three nights, I realized this is serious. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, essentially, though, I accepted it. They gave okay. me a drug, which was okay. the most common drug at that time, and it controlled the seizures as best as possible. I think my next attack was a couple of years later, but um, I was accepting it, and I was doing what I could to maintain my, my quality of life from the perspective of getting enough sleep, eating the right foods, just doing all that I could to prevent another attack, especially since I also stopped taking baths and stayed in the shower. <laughs> that, uh, that obviously was another improvement. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, so once you... Um uh, 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 started to sort of accept this fact and, and realize that you had to deal with it. Uh, there, uh, did the w- did the um, seizures start to happen more frequently, or they they were still like you know months apart or something? I mean, did you have to really make any severe changes in your lifestyle? Well, severe in the sense that I had to sleep five, six, seven hours, make sure that that was not the trigger. But from uh. the perspective of Severe changes? Not really. I mean, essentially, it was just a matter of making sure that I took my meds mm-hmm. and that I just pretty much accepted I was epileptic and went through life. The The right. problem was stigma. Again, it was a disorder not fully understood. Right. So I would go throughout my school courses, any part-time jobs I had, and I would just not admit that. I would pretty much make sure that I was feeling good so I wouldn't have an attack in front of people. But, you know, it was kind of hard to carry that that burden and secret until I actually started working at Sony Music. So that was the evolution of not only accepting it, but the of making others accept it around me. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. I'm just uh, doing a little adjustment here. I'm getting some comments on Facebook about uh, resume. Uh, trying to reconnect. Okay, hopefully we're better now. Um, for all those listening on Facebook, um, yes, and, and those actually just, just listening to the live stream, we are live streaming the video on the Talking Alternative page on Facebook.com. I saw there were some comments about the stream not being well. I Because um, I, I just realized that I had turned off the Wi-Fi, so it wasn't uh, getting a good connection via the cell. Now it's connected via Wi-Fi. Maybe you just need to refresh but hopefully you guys should be good now let me know i see your comments i may i don't 
may not be able to respond to them, but I am seeing your comments, so please feel free to, to comment on, on the Facebook page. Uh, that's on facebook.com slash talking alternative. Uh, so Frank, um, you were kind of in, were you in college already by that time that you really were like, okay, I got to start taking medication and everything. Or are you well, still in high school? I started taking medication the night that I was put into the emergency room from that, uh, okay. bath situation. But the reality is, is I continued to take my medications. I accepted it internally. I just didn't want to socially be in a seizure situation at school, right. but I started to have more seizures at NYU, which is where uh, I went as an undergraduate. Okay. And um, it was just, again, a matter of not getting enough sleep. But I was living with it and, and more accepting of it. And when people saw me, I would say, look, I have epilepsy, and that's what you saw. Right. You know, um, I overall, I started to not only accept it, but between college and today, mm. I, I tell people I'm epileptic. You know, I don't want to frighten people if something were to happen or I don't want to be in a situation where there's no one there to watch over me in case I'm in uh, out in the street or something like that. Right. All right. Well, we've we've got a couple of assistants uh, here in studio. So anything happens, you're going to be well taken care of. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Thank you. Um, you. So then uh, you went through college and then Mm -hmm. you, you you know, kind of started your career and Mm -hmm. and you did a a couple of different things and financial services and entertainment, Mm -hmm. you know, some uh, the similar thing in new media industries. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when did you decide that, like, it, but then you also started doing some other stuff too, right? Well, pretty much. I, I loved the value of music. Music always relaxed me. So what I found myself doing is going to dance clubs and promoting and being a DJ on the side. And that allowed me to keep a balance while I was also working in financial services. So I knew that that not only prevented seizures, I mean, I guess it was the mix of having a stress-free life from the perspective of managing my time and being able to incorporate all my interests. But from the, you know, the epilepsy, of course, continued during certain occasions and they switched medications, especially medications that were more uh, healthier and less toxic. So I guess I could say that through my progression, not only was I going through my career, but I was going through the evolution of getting better treatments. Wonderful, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Give me just one second here. So, um, when you, uh, w- so then once you started getting treatments and started, uh, um, uh, sort of accepting and doing more stuff, uh, let me just go live and switch. We had a little problem with the phone, so I just wanted to. Switch it around. Ah, we're good now. Um, uh, you, you you started doing more. You started developing your career. Mm-hmm. Um, were there challenges when you were in the office space, when you were really working to, um, uh, you know, your de- uh, develop yourself professionally that you found like this this challenge of epilepsy would interfere with your career at times? No, no. Actually, I found out that after taking the meds that I started to take in advance of the previous ones that I were taking, less toxic, as I mentioned, I found it to be very balanced. I did not have an attack at my first job after college, which was at Citibank. Wonderful. And that was a very high stress environment. But yet I managed to balance my time and energy, as I said, doing other entertainment or music promotion work on the side. So that balanced me out. Right. And were you getting plenty of sleep at that time? Well, that's the irony, because in the weekends when I'm DJing, I would get 12, 14 hours the night after because I'd be Uh, up until four in the morning, you know. But, um, you know, it also had its benefit. I was able to prevent seizures. And uh, I don't think that my seizures occurred until I was in uh, 
my second position, which was at MetLife, and that was 1991. Okay. So from 87 to 91, I was seizure-free. Wow, that's actually quite a good period of time. Mm-hmm. So then what happened when you had that seizure when you were at MetLife? Well, actually, I was on the way to the office, and it was in the middle of the street, on 25th Ooh. Street. You know, I'm luckily, I knew it was happening, and I ran across the street, and I just had it right on the corner. Oh, okay. So at least you weren't in the middle of the street. Uh, no. So no. good, good. <laughs> and and I'm assuming you ended up, uh, did you just end up for late to work that day? Or, no, or I, I called. You had to go to the hospital? Yeah, I called, and I said that I'm not coming in. I'm in the hospital right now. Oh, uh, okay. You know? But uh, essentially, you know, as, as time went on throughout the 90s and even into the early 2000s, I found myself using epilepsy as a benefit in various ways within my career as really? well as within my personal lifestyle. How, how do you use a challenge like epilepsy as a benefit? Well, I, I guess p- part of it was being able to be more in tune with my own personal feelings. Again, you say the word imagination. I was right. using my imagination that I can't even begin to explain. And plus, when you're in the music industry, in a lot of ways, that's all you've got. Yes. So <laughs> it was actually an opportunity in disguise, not only for my career, but also for my own lifestyle. Uh, you know, I refer to epilepsy as a lifestyle. As I said, uh, okay. I have what is now commonly known as genetic inherited epilepsy, which has its grand mal episodes. Okay. But essentially, I'm going to live that the rest of my life right. with my medications. Right. But I just make sure that I use it when appropriate. I, I right. basically have not had an attack, a full-blown attack, since 2005. 2005? So right. like 11 years. 11 years. Wow. But... Unfortunately, as I said, as I probably mentioned to you at one point, there's comorbidities associated with epilepsy. What does a comorbidity mean? Well, after a seizure, you could be in a situation where you develop a partial seizure or you develop, Uh, if you're in a real worst case scenario, you can develop a stroke or you can develop major depression or you could develop other alternative illnesses as a result of having seizures. In my case, I had a seizure that created a brain lesion on my left lobe. But that lesion, as far as I've understood, is gone. But the whole focus on epilepsy is about the brain waves and the neural passageways. So my understanding from my doctors at NYU Langone Comprehensive Epilepsy Center, they're the best in their research and in their field, essentially described it to me as I created a new neural pathway. So uh, in that regard, a partial epileptic seizure is where you are conscious, but you can't use your motor skills. You can't communicate. Uh, Although what I find very interesting is that when I go through one, and I haven't been through one in over in actually about a year, okay. but when I go through one, what I find interesting is when I close my eyes, my mind is just you know spinning memories out of the past, you know, uh, and they don't even connect. But it's interesting. I call it a preview of where you've been, you know. So I actually, I'm not saying I love those moments, right, but right, yet right. I I found myself saying a few times. Wow, I remember that. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. You know, <laughs> I, I imagine it m- must be somewhat similar to um, uh, what's her name, uh, Jill Bolton Taylor, who wrote the book Stroke of Insight, who she did a whole TED talk about what it was like as a brain researcher experiencing a stroke herself mm-hmm. and like kind of being aware of things, but then having this bizarre experience. So mm-hmm. I imagine for you, it must be kind of something like that where. Like you're aware of the experience that you're having, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you can control it. Well, you never can control epilepsy. The brain right. is its own world. I mean, think of it as a tremor in California. Tremors continue mm. to happen every day. It's just right. that when they become earthquakes, they're the ones that are viewed as unexpected. When the reality right. is with epilepsy, I could be, I'm talking to you right now, I could be having electrical discharges. 
Right, you know, the right. medication controls that. But what I've learned through my research is that once you have epilepsy, especially as I keep mentioning, genetic inherited, mm-hmm. your brain is already subject to being in a kind of functioning that mo- I would say the average normal brain does not do. Right. And, and maybe just quickly before we go to break, could, break could, could you like in a very simple way describe kind of physically what happens with epilepsy? Like, what is it doing? Is it, sh- I mean, I understand some kind of like short circuit in the brain or? Well, I mean, essentially when you have your neural circuits across your all your lobes, you know, right. it could be partially going on. You may find yourself twitching or when you're talking, right. you find you may skip a word. Or if you're having a full attack, everything all of a sudden doesn't look like it's even here. I mean, right. it breaks in half or you see strange colors and you smell strange odors and before you know it, you're okay. unconscious. So it depends on the person, but it has to be understood mm. that when you're you're not in a seizure, that doesn't mean you're not having epileptic attacks. Oh, really? So yeah. you can be having an epileptic attack, but it doesn't have any outward um, manifestation. manifestation. Exactly. Oh, I mean, it's just that for myself, who's had this pretty much since I was 16, and mm-hmm. it's been practically most of my life at this point, I have learned to be aware of not only the negative aspects of epilepsy, which is not really negative, it's just that you're going to have attacks in various forms, right. but there are positive attributes, which someone like myself has been able to observe. You know, right. that's where if someone is aware of themselves, they're able to go ahead and use the advantages to their benefit. Hmm. Okay, cool. All mm-hmm. right. When we come back, I just want to ask you about um, sort of alternative um, uh, treatments and, and, and things that you might have researched or experienced uh, for epilepsy. And then let's talk a little bit about, you know, you, you've done actually quite a lot since you've gotten out of college and, and you're mm-hmm. um, really of for me, like a real role model for people with epilepsy because you do have such a full life. So I really want to get into that a little bit more. Sure. All right. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we'll be right back. You're listening to The Talking Alternative Network. Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. Are you looking for a show where people talk about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? Well, then you have come to the right place because The Rob and Callie Show is doing just that. For the last 10 years, Rob and I have been having our own version of Sunday morning therapy sessions on the phone, and now we're bringing it to the radio. So tune in and call in live Wednesdays, 8 to 8.30 on talkradio.myc. And that's Eastern Standard Time, so join us. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Um, my guest this hour is, is Frank Harrison, a, an entrepreneur who has the 
benefit as well as the challenge of living with epilepsy. Um, and also want to remind everybody we are live video streaming on Facebook on the Facebook page. You should be able to see it if you go to talkingalternative.com slash Facebook. It might also appear on my personal feed so you might also just go to sam Leibowitz. Ooh, we just got a like i got a thumbs up from somebody um anyway so and thank you erica i see erica has joined the stream and there are some other people when and a few other people um so frank we were talking before about um sort of this lifestyle that you've leading and how also like when you're on medication it, it's pretty much handled although even if it may not appear to it, the outside world, you still may be experiencing um, the symptoms of epilepsy just internally. It may not be so obvious uh, externally. I'm curious if you've uh, researched any um, uh, alternative uh, treatments that are beneficial to people with epilepsy, like... I don't know, meditation, biofeedback, acupuncture, any of those kinds of things? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Acupuncture is my number one recommendation. Oh, really? Yes. I mean, essentially, the drug I now take is called Lamictal. That's the brand name, Lamotrigin, the chemical name. And what advantage that has for people, even with depression, it has psychotropic properties, and it makes you energetic, which typically, if you have other medications or if you come from a seizure, you're very depressed and have very much low motor control. But... What I've discovered is with that medication and being more in tune with my own instincts, I then approached acupuncture as a methodology to integrate with the medicinal, the traditional medicinal therapies. Okay. So in my opinion, I mm-hmm. think acupuncture is a necessary complement to epileptic treatment. I mean, as I mentioned to you, the brain has a way of reacting even when you're conscious. Right. So by putting the, the needles in the right place, you have a way of focusing and integrating your brain. I noticed uh, that sometimes. Yeah, because acupuncture works with the um, central nervous system and the nervous system, which is essentially the electrical um, conduits of the body and the brain. Correct, correct. And then what happens also is you discover medication definitely helps. Right. I do a lot of green tea. I mean, I know that there are people who love the antioxidant properties. I do, too. Mm -hmm. But what I've noticed is that while it is caffeine, I notice five cups a day actually relaxes me. I think it's very ironic for epileptic patients to have relaxing relaxing results of things that are typically known as high caffeine or high nervousness. Uh, I also notice loud music usually makes um, epileptic patients or most people very very frenetic, very stressed out. But for me, music of any sort, especially the peaceful, popular music by certain Uh artists, um, Adele Hello comes to mind, (laughs) which is another story in itself. But essentially what happens is that kind of music sedates me, relaxes Uh me. So I find that it's the best way you know how to control your central nervous system or manage it. You can't really control it. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, what about meditation? Have you tried meditation? Have you tried any things like that in terms of helping to bring the brain in balance? Well, I would say that, you know, for me, it's been infrequent. I mean, when mm. I'm in an acupuncture session, which is about once a week, okay. I'll have music generating through speaker phones like this mm-hmm. and I'll be with my eyes closed and I'll almost go into a trance actually. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. That's as far as meditation really happens with me. Although right. I would highly recommend meditation. Right. Definitely. For someone who may not have the benefit of acupuncture, it might be the best alternative right. especially when you're at home or in a relaxing environment. And, and I know they've been doing also a lot of research on um, you know, sort of doing what they call bilateral stimulation, which is where like you're listening, like they, they're 
there's some types of meditations where you're listening to music and it's like on one side, then the other side, then the other side, then the other side. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you seen whether that has any benefit for people with epilepsy? Well, I don't know a thorough amount of that, but you see there are people who have partial epilepsy where it affects one of the lobes of the brain. So if they're getting the kind of treatment as you've described, probably it's trying to balance each lobe one right, by one right. and to integrate them into one focal point. However, I can tell you that there are much more music therapy treatments. In fact, there's one doctor that I met over the weekend at NYU Langone who's into it. And also the purpose of using it is to deal with people with neurological disorders, especially epilepsy. So I am continuing to research it, but I would have to say what you've just indicated as a possible solution, you know, it has its merits. Right. Okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, There's also this kind of uh, uh, cliche around epileptics epileptics that lights flashing at a certain frequency can kind of bring on an attack. Does that ever happen with you or is that really just kind of a myth? Well, that's an ironic thing again with me. As I said, I was promoting and DJing at clubs where there were nothing but lights, (laughs) you know, but so I was never affected by that. But I know it is true. It just depends upon the individual and how sensitive they are to those lights. I will say that in order to prevent the possibility of being affected, I would sometimes put my my eyes downward looking at the floor, you know, but as I said, I've had lights flash in front of me. I know there's lights flashing in front of me right now and it's not affecting me. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Have you um, uh, socialized or do you know like other people with epilepsy and like sort of compared notes and to see like what's helped them, what's helped you or like how things were different? Well, the the anecdote there is that I do know a particular person with epilepsy that I had Mm -hmm. visited in Italy at NYU's Italian campus. I had forgotten my meds. Turned out she was an epileptic and knew exactly where to get the brand version. Uh, And uh, as a result, we were sharing the anecdotes of having the best medication, which at the same time was (laughs) Lamictal. And right now she's doing meditation in Massachusetts, yoga and meditation to continue neurological treatment with hers. Where we would compare notes is, again, the medications, the costs, not to mention, of course, the different types of alternative therapy to use. And you've become also a bit of an advocate for people with epilepsy, haven't you? Yes, yes. I've recently wrote articles for FACES, which is the Finding a Cure for Epilepsy and Seizures Foundation at NYU Langone. Mm -hmm. And uh, I recently contributed an article which talked about the comorbidities of major depressive disorder mm. and my own experience with it. Right. There's also upcoming movies on PBS that are going to feature the lifestyles of four various epileptics from comorbid to surgical replacement, not to mention people who earn seizure disorder from another injury. Mm. I just want to reiterate that those people are not epileptics. Oh, okay. Right. Seizures happen, but they end. Right. You know, right, people right. who are epileptics, they have a lifelong dealing with it right right so not everybody with the seizure is epileptic necessarily that's correct it it depends on the really the root cause of why they're having the seizure right but it is an educational process for everyone who witnesses it so it's a constant perception game i've developed a theory that perception is everything yes i mean it's standard for pretty much most of our work life and personal life but for an epileptic it's almost a mantra Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And you've recently started a um, this uh, debit card venture called MedCash. Why don't you tell a little bit of the story of why you started it and what the inspiration was? Okay, well, it's a simple epileptic story. Five years ago, I was in my home and I had a choice to pay my rent or my health insurance. And I Oof. chose my health insurance. You know, and as a result, I found myself saying, wait a second, why do I have to pay one without the other? What right. about a cash back feature? 
You know, I've paid one bill. Give me cash back to pay the other. So MedCash, which actually stands for Community Action for Social Health, is a platform that starts with a debit card. That's the product. Basically, Mm -hmm. you get a cash back reward just like you would if you were an Advantage card member Mm -hmm. where they give you air miles. But there would be a mobile platform eventually, and there would be an opportunity as part of the MedCash brand to partner up Home Depot, Starbucks, Target, any of the brands that are considered consumer social responsible. The focus of the brand was to create a social network both digitally and B2B, so that way people can go ahead and help promote within this country a means to provide for health care while we've got other systems in place that are just frankly not working right now. So, so basically it's it's a card that you just use to like buy the stuff you would normally buy but now you're getting cash back on it which then you can use to help to offset you, you know some of your Co-payments, medical payments, medication yeah. refills, things like that and right. it's used, that particular cash back is used exclusively for those services you couldn't buy movie ah, tickets for it okay. you know. but the thing is is that it's, an, it's a very integral business model that is continuing to evolve and continuing to develop and I think that right now in this position with the contributions I'm providing to the medical center not to mention social media and even our our discussion today Mm -hmm. is to be able to get the message out there the brand is a story after all it's partially began from my own personal story but once the story is understood then the different aspects of partnerships that would be able to help support the business over over the long term is what I'm looking to do wonderful wonderful and 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 you've really um uh, come to to really be an advocate for for people with this challenge, and I'm just curious, what um would you say to somebody who has, uh, and maybe not epilepsy, but what would you say to somebody who has some other kind of physical challenge or, or medical challenge that um you know because you've really i mean how do i say this? You, you've really learned how to have a full life even though you have epilepsy which a lot of people would consider to be you know something that that's so life-altering that that you know how can you thrive when you have such a big challenge but you're really an example of of how you can so what would you say to somebody maybe they have ms or als or or some other challenge what would you say to those people well i i would say to follow the month i wouldn't call it a mantra the kind of philosophy that i've developed is go from despair to destiny mm. and therefore that means know what you have accept what you have research what you have try to find the solutions try to understand that other people have it too join community groups don't change your life drastically but be able to integrate it the mm. focus is if you have a lifelong illness diabetes probably even some other neurological deficit or, God forbid, cancer, where you may be in remission, but you technically still have the disorder because of the potential to come back. Mm. Bottom line is, use it. Mm. You know, use it to your advantage psychologically, emotionally, and look at it as a tool to continue having a quality of life that you want. Wow. Again, mm. use your own imagination. Yeah, <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. absolutely. And actually, I mean, today, it, it's really, we live in a world unlike any that existed before where there is so much access to information. There's so much access. It's so easy to find other groups. I mean, with the internet, we really have the ability to connect with other people around the world mm-hmm. who can who we can relate to or who can relate to us. And we have the ability to research things on our own. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're on some kind of medication and it has severe side effects, maybe you can find on your own, oh, there's another kind of medication where the side effects aren't so severe or that works better mm-hmm. with people with my particular 
type of this thing. Like people are really empowered these days, but you have to make the effort. You have to, you know, put the energy into researching these things. Yeah, because if you're an epileptic, you have your own individual lifestyle. So what are you going to do? You're going to search for the different treatments that are going to work best for you. One of the challenges today is understanding the impact of medical marijuana or can- cannabis oil, uh, yes. which I know is being done heavily at the Langone Center and the Epilepsy Center. The thing is, is that also works. Mm. I mean, I understand it's now legal in New York State, but it also works for certain people with certain types of epilepsy. So again, it differentiates based on your own individual story as well as what is going to work to make your story complete. Yes. I mean, now that medical Mm -hmm. marijuana is legal in New York State, I actually had researched it. There's a a marijuana business association now. There's a number of advocacy groups, and there's really a lot of people trying to help promote it. And and, and for for certain conditions, for certain people, always depending upon your biochemistry, it Mm -hmm. can be very effective. So it's definitely worth treating. The hard part now, I understand, is there's a shortage of doctors who have actually taken the exam to be able to prescribe it so mm-hmm. um, I've actually been been to all my people that I know in the medical community been trying to say hey go out there take the test at least so at least you have the ability if you don't mind my saying one more thing for anybody sure. who wants to learn about it to see if they're eligible they should contact anybody on Google that has research from Oren Davinsky he's done a lot of advocacy on ah, cannabis oil okay. getting education about from top researchers in the area is going to help them really understand it much better and much quicker. Wonderful. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Okay. Believe it or not, it's time for us to take our last commercial break of the show. Mm -hmm. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and storytelling? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your brand new radio host on talkradio.nyc. I've been professionally writing and drawing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for over 15 years. Catch my new show, Secrets of the Sire, Fridays at 11 a.m. and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com right now. And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We've been talking this hour with Frank Harrison, an entrepreneur extraordinaire who is dealing with uh, a challenge that most of us would consider uh, so life-altering that hard to deal with with epilepsy, but yet you've managed to thrive. So Mm -hmm. I just want you to quickly, before we get into our special announcement, which we'll Mm -hmm. say in a second, just recap for people, what are all the things that you're involved with today? 
Even living with epilepsy? Well, even I've, living with epilepsy. I've started my own business that has to do with healthcare, and right. then I've also integrated all my previous work experience into that. Right. I've also continued to study at NYU. I have my third master's degree that I completed. <laughs> third master's degree, Jesus. Correct. And then at the same time, I'm continuing my work with uh, the Epilepsy Foundation, continuing to write articles, using music therapy, or at least researching how to integrate it. And I continue to have a life with friends and family and uh, working closely to really understand further how to deal with people, especially when they have their own disorders and, and try to be able to be empathic, which a lot of people are looking for. Yeah. So that's my complete life, pretty much. It's and, all about As healthcare. well as being an advocate. Exactly, especially in the area of healthcare. Right, absolutely. And you have actually a new facet that you're going to start on may what do we say may 5th may, may 5th it is may 5th we'll tell everybody what's going to happen on may 5th well it's called frank about health All i'd right. like to be frank about everything considering it's my namesake but <laughs> to give the truth about all the various healthcare issues that are out there i will obviously be talking about epilepsy on the first episode but essentially i'm going to be bridging out to diabetes and cancer care and issues surrounding insurance, dealing with some of the political aspects of um, the healthcare system and, here. And just to be clear, he's talking about a new program on TalkingAlternative.com, everybody. Yes, Frank is joining the family of hosts here at TalkingAlternative.com and starting May 5th at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, immediately following my show, um, Frank is going to be premiering on May 5th his show, Frank About Health. That's correct. Wonderful. And we're looking forward to having you come on board. I think you'll be a real inspiration to to many of the listeners. Mm-hmm. What do you hope people will, will get out of listening to your show, Frank, about health? A different perspective. Most people are not really getting, in my opinion, the direct information. A lot mm-hmm. of it is generalized mm-hmm. and essentially they need to get it more tailor-made. So I hope to be I able see. to communicate that, especially in the area of alternative health care. I have found it to be very productive. And then I will have social media, a blog that I write articles for. I will also mm-hmm. have a Facebook page, a YouTube page, a Twitter mm-hmm. page. You know, but the point the point is is to be frank about healthcare to the overall medical community. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. And what kind of guests do you plan to bring onto your show? Well, some of my own personal doctors. I have my acupuncturist ah, coming. I cool. have the neurological psychiatrist I see. I also have uh, certain celebrities. There's a woman I know from uh, Betty White's Off Their Rockers, who ah. I've already started to approach. And uh, I know that uh, uh, Lisa Munjak, a very influential person that I've worked with, essentially is going to be bringing some other people in the space. Lisa, who is the person who connected us uh, yes. initially. Lisa is a wonderful marketing person and a, and, and a truly a great professional. I highly recommend uh, her name of her business is Munjack. Munjack Marketing. Munjack Marketing. Yes, definitely you should check that out. Google Munjack Marketing. Mm-hmm. So so what is your your long-term vision? You know, wh- where, how do you know if your show has been a success? How are you looking to touch people's lives? Well, obviously as I see metrics continue to increase, I'll also be able to see the educational value of the NYU Langone Center, what I've contributed and what doctors are telling me. More importantly, I will know from a segment of the epileptic community that whether or not I've informed them. I actually got an email from one such woman yesterday who was interested to see the impacts of what I've been writing. Um, mm. I guess also to see how successful MedCash ultimately becomes. Cool. Because I believe it'll... Cool trickle down so as we started uh, this show talking off about imagination mm-hmm. so let's imagine five years from now what does frank harrison look like five years from now 
Well, I've been told I'm on to great things. Uh, let's just see what that is. I, I do let things evolve. Having a lifestyle of epilepsy and not knowing the path it takes me, I've pretty much adopted that. Mm. Just go where the destiny takes me. Ah, okay, cool, mm-hmm. cool, cool. So so any um, final thoughts, final messages you have for people listening, regardless of maybe the challenges that they're dealing with, whether the health, whether they're physical health, mental health related, emotional health. Well, to continue looking into what they've got, admitting it, trying to work with new treatments, also not not denying it to family and friends, just being vocal about it, because believe it or not, there is a support system out there that most people aren't aware of. In my own experience, I had a seizure right in front of St. Patrick's Cathedral. I woke up to an entire community of New Yorkers who were very supportive and helpful. Of course, you're not going to know that till you have such an attack. (laughs) And I'm not going to recommend having such an attack, but to pretty much accept their illness and know that they will get the support that they're looking for or that they need. They're just not exactly looking for it so so just to break the uh, stereotype of the typical new yorkers that uh, they, <laughs> they walk by and people are just lying on the street and stuff no new yorkers and you have a problem they see what's going on they come to your aid in a moment you just mm-hmm. don't want to get in their way on the subways during rush hour i mean that's the one caveat i'll say you know mm-hmm. new yorkers when they're trying to get to work they're in a rush other than that they will like give you the shirt off their back Especially during 9-11, if we all recall. Absolutely, absolutely. And actually, um, there's a video going around Facebook now that I saw of a New Yorker on the New York subway who Mm -hmm. gave his shirt, literally gave his shirt to a homeless person on the subway who did not have a shirt. Mm. Now, that's that's a real New Yorker for you. And subway people who have actually stopped epileptics when they fell in the tracks. I mean, there's a lot of stories there. Oh, really? You know, so definitely there are people out there. They just need to be awakened to what's going on. Unfortunately, Wonderful. through communication rather than through action falling on the floor and unfortunately yes. possibly getting yes. hurt. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, are, are there any particular um, research or like um, uh, that's going on around epilepsy that you know of right now that's in the labs that looks like it could be promising for the future? Genetic research is going on, as I mentioned, the whole aspect of uh. cannabis oil. Trying to minimize surgery is an option. Unfortunately, that may not be a way out for certain patients, but... I could tell you again where I've gotten all my research for the last three degrees has been through the <laughs> NYU system and in my particular recent past, mm. the NYU Langone Medical Center. Wow, wow, wow. Three, mm. what, what are your three degrees in? Your three masters? A uh, Master of Arts in Psychology, an MBA, and also a Master of Science in Social Media. Ah, <laughs> see, an MBA. I told you, told you guys this guy was an entrepreneur. <laughs> uh, if people want to find out more about you or get in touch with you, um, how do they do that? you have a website set up yet? Or? It's still in development, but I have an email, frankabouthealth, actually it's frankabouthealthcare102 at gmail.com okay frank about healthcare 102 at gmail.com you can feel free to email frank about you know maybe your own challenges i'm assuming you would like to hear about that and and he's available he's an amazing man and really looking to to help people who who do have challenges and and who are um dealing with things that not necessarily the typical person is dealing with right and i just like to say if you don't mind that aside from that email network they can reach me on my facebook page which is frank r harrison just look me up at the same time there is my twitter which is Frank Healthcare. 
Uh, at Frank at Health. Frank Healthcare, correct. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, Frank, it's been uh, absolutely wonderful having you on the show today. I look forward to you joining our our team of, of hosts. Um, uh, you know, it's been a little while. Our, our Double Diamond show has been on hiatus for the moment, so it'll be nice to have uh, a show back on the air talking about health and, and vitality and, and, you know, just all that wonderful stuff. So mm-hmm. thank you, Frank, for, for coming in today and, and welcome aboard. Remember, use your own imagination. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and so for everyone listening, um, I also want to, let me get the camera back on me. Um, so just a quick reminder for those who did not hear the announcement at the beginning. Uh, yes, me, your conscious consultant will be giving a TED Talk, my first TED Talk ever on April 26th at TEDx Upper West Side. You can get tickets at TEDxUpperWestSide.com. They went on sale this week. And if you get your tickets before April 20th, you can get a 25% discount. You just use the code Joe25 um, at checkout and you'll get 25% off. I also want to let people know that we're doing a special broadcast. Yes, um, immediately following this show, I'm, I am going to stop the video stream and we're going to restart it for my next guest, which is Itzhak Biri, who is, uh, as someone just said the other day, he's like the New York shaman. It's like if you you, you know anything about New York shamanism, you know, the shamanic circles, you've heard about Itzhak. So I'm actually really excited about him coming on the show. He's supposed to come on a few weeks ago, but there was a little emergency happened at the last minute as, as happens you know and uh, do it but but he's in studio today so we're really looking forward to that i really appreciate everybody who listened in on facebook and who's viewing us uh through the live stream i'm going to turn off the live stream as we end and uh, i'm going to reset it up uh, for this next show um uh, next week i will have uh, just be doing a regular one show and again uh, the announcement that starting may 5th frank harrison will be joining us with his show frank about health thank you all for listening and we'll talk to you in just a few minutes You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and storytelling? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your brand new radio host on talkradio.nyc. I've been professionally writing and drawing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for over 15 years. Catch my new show, Secrets of the Sire, Fridays at 11 a.m., and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com right now. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. 
Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And, and welcome, welcome to, to 21st, 21st Century, Century Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun for you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business and your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21st CE Radio or Talk Alternative. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network, 